They are the Chai Kids. Your host today is Micah. Good afternoon and welcome to the Chai Kids show for Kids by Kids. Thank you so much for tuning on 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Mika and I am 10 years old and I will be hosting for you today. So coming up on Chai Kids today, I will be interviewing Christo van der Riera, and he is an executive director at AgriSA. So stay tuned to 101.9 High FM to learn more about what he does, why he does it, and how cool it is. Also on the show, I have a tongue twister to challenge your mouth and fun facts that will blow your mind away. So stay tuned, you won't want to miss this kid's show. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guests, guest, or even if you want to say hi to your friends and family. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send me a telegram on 061-895-1019 and please don't forget to sign your name. You can also call us on 010-140-3020. I repeat, 010-140-3020. Get ready for a jam-packed show on High Kids today. Thousand tales. Master you in luck, cause up your sleeves you got a brand of magic never fails. You got some power in your corner now, it's heavy ammunition in your can. You got some punch in the dance. You got who and how, say all you gotta do is rub that lamp. And I'll say, Mr. Lancer, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order, jot it down. You ain't never had a friend like me. <laughs> Life is your restaurant. And Come on, whisper what it is you want. You ain't never had a friend like me. Yes, sir. We pride ourselves on service. You're the boss, the king, the shot. Say what you wish. It's yours. True dish about a little more boggly As I'm a column A, try all of column B. I'm in the mood to help you, dude. You ain't never had a friend like me. Never had a friend, never had a friend, you ain't never had a friend, never had a friend, you ain't never had a friend. 
Hi kids, for kids, by kids. They are the Hi Kids. Your host today is Micah. That song was Friend Like Me from Aladdin. This is Hi Kids, for kids, by kids. My name is Micah and I'm your host for today. Before we start the interview with Christo van der Reeder, the Executive Director at AgriSA, I want to introduce the tongue twister for today. It is, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. I, rep I repeat, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. A bit later, I will count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds. You can call me on 01 0140-3020 to see if you can say it faster than me. I have Christo van der Rieda with me in the studio today. So if you have any questions for him, you can send them on 34519 or telegram to 061-895-1019. Good afternoon, Christo van der Rieda. Good afternoon to you and your friend and uh, all of the little kids out there and their parents and I trust that we will have a very nice conversation. So my uh, joke for the day, if anyone can answer that, what kind of bird brings babies home? Oi, I've got no clue. <laughs> okay, no, it's fine. Uh, maybe your friends at home can, can uh, send us that answer. Okay, okay, you can go ahead. Okay. So, what exactly is an executive director, Christo? An executive director is just a very grand name, a big name for a person that uh, is in charge of a institution. In other words, uh, that is the person who must uh, take responsibility for everything that happens inside uh, that institution. Like your mom and your dad, they are both the executive directors of your home because if anything goes wrong in that house, they must answer for it. Definitely. So, what happened in your life that made you decide agriculture was important to you? I was very privileged. I grew up in a rural area, a little rural village, and in that village, uh, everyone had a piece of land and on that piece of land, we grew vegetables and we uh, grew um, trees, orange trees and things like that. And every afternoon after school, I had to come and work there. Uh, and yes, uh, I never liked it as a child because obviously you wanted to play with your friends in the river and climb the mountains, hide in the caves and things like that. But before I could do that, my father said, you must come and work in this little garden patch. And it was such a nice thing to pick um, uh, or, or harvest uh, tomatoes, harvest potatoes, uh, harvest all kinds of oranges, and uh, then have it for uh, dinner or for supper. Uh, and that uh, inspired me to be interested in agriculture. I definitely agree. So, what excites you most about your career? I think every day is something different. Every day you deal with a range of issues out there. Uh, but I think the most important thing is to make sure that South Africans, 
every citizen, every little child out there has enough food to eat. And our job as uh, farmers, we uh, have one goal in mind, and that's to plant enough fruit, plant enough uh, vegetables, uh, uh, also uh, meats and things like that, uh, nuts, uh, and you can name a range of products, make that available to uh, communities out there. And obviously, uh, we want to make sure that every shelf uh, in every shop has enough food for people to buy. Wow. Does your company allow you to travel and have you seen anything different that other countries do in terms of agriculture? Yes, I'm very privileged. I travel throughout the world uh, and here in Africa and I travel also to various parts of South Africa. So yes, <coughs> every uh, country has its unique uh, style of agriculture and uh, every town in South Africa, every region have uh, also the unique products that they produce. But I think what all farmers have in common is that you cannot turn your back on your products that you grow. In other words, there's no holiday for farmers. Um, if you've planted a little bean, uh, you must make sure that that bean gets enough fertilizer, and that bean gets enough water. Uh, you must protect that bean against uh, locust, you must protect it against all kinds of other diseases that might attack it so that it can grow big uh, so that you have then beans that you can uh, use uh, during uh, when you need it uh, to, to make uh, to prepare a meal and I think that's what all farmers have in common that dedication to take care of the plants, uh, take care of the animals, uh, take care of their farm Wow what has been like the highlight of your career, like the best part? So I started my career off as a teacher. I worked with little kiddies like you. I uh, was a music teacher, so I wrote musicals. Uh, and I had lots of fun when I was a teacher. And later on, I moved into the business sector, uh, became a executive director of a um, institution that developed small businesses. And then I moved on to agriculture where I now work in the policy space. And I think one of the big highlights is, is to see how many uh, fruit is being exported to the rest of the world. Uh, oranges, for example, uh, millions and millions of cartons of oranges are being exported to Europe, to, uh, to China and other parts of the world. And that uh, is a feather in the cap of South Africa, our ability to export and produce a surplus so that we can export that to the rest of the world. Okay. When and why was AgriSA established? Oh, AgriSA um, has been established uh, more than 100 years ago. So, wow. uh, uh, but I'm not 100 years old. <laughs> eh? uh, <coughs> maybe I look like 100 years old. But um, yes, it was established many, many years ago and it played a huge role in empowering farmers so that farmers uh, can uh, produce uh, food for South Africa. Interesting. On our way to Durban, I always see those huge silos with your logo near Bloemfontein. Does AgriSA own those silos or is it just for advertising? Oh, no, no. Those uh, silos are uh, being managed by 
uh, agricultural companies. Now, let me explain. A farmer puts the little seed in the ground. The farmer must make sure that that seed gets enough water, and uh, when the time is right, the farmer then harvests the grain or harvest the wheat or harvest the maize and then it goes on a truck and that truck then takes it from the farm to the silo and in the silo uh, they uh, take care of that grains that uh, maize uh, uh, and whatever they want to put in their sunflower so that uh, it is then uh, kept in storage there for further processing oh, yeah. because from there it goes to the millers and the millers will turn that into um, uh, 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 milling flour and uh, obviously the flour then goes to the baker and the baker turns the flour into bread right so all of these things fulfill a specific purpose so that Mommy can buy a bread at the end of the day, put nice things on the bread, cheese and uh, gherkins or tomato, and then tomorrow at school you enjoy the nicest sandwich. But you know where it starts? It all starts with the farmer. Yeah. Oh. What is the difference between sustainable agriculture and industrial agriculture? I think uh, sustainable agriculture means that I must leave the soil in a better condition uh, because I plant everything in the soil. But if I pollute the soil, right, or I pollute the water, and I cannot use that water again t tomorrow for agricultural purposes or human consumption, then I mean I, have, I, I, I don't have a sustainable um, way of practicing agriculture. So it's always about uh, leaving something behind for tomorrow and for the next generation and so forth, uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, industrial uh, uh, agriculture, which is uh, focused on very large-scale agriculture. And sometimes uh, people in the process uh, uh, take, do not take care of forests or do not take care of the environment or they destroy the natural uh, ecosystem. And that, at the end of the day, is not good for agriculture. So, yes, you can uh, do industrial uh, or big commercial agriculture, but it's very important that you practice it in a sustainable way. Oh, I understand. What is a co-op when it comes to agriculture? Now, a co-op is very interesting. So what do farmers do? They come together. So uh, in a particular area, these farmers form a co-op. What do they mean? Uh, or what does it mean? Uh, co-op stands for cooperation, mm. right? They cooperate. In other words, they bring their money all in one little pot and they use that money to buy fertilizers, to buy uh, seed, to buy tractors. So in other words, they work together as a collective. So we, in this room, we have four people. If we put our money together, we can go out and buy a nice steak and kidney pie. And uh, we can share that pie uh, with each other. Because 
uh, your rand and her rand and uh, the two of us, we have two rand, makes four rand, it enables us to buy something that we can use or that can benefit all of us, as opposed to you going out alone with your one rand and then you cannot even afford to buy it. So a co-op co uh, co fulfills that purpose of us working together for a common goal. Yes, yes. What type of farming is practiced in South Africa and what is South Africa best <coughs> known for growing? We are very fortunate in South Africa that we grow a lot of things. We grow vegetables. We grow all kinds of fruit. In the Western Cape, you have peaches and apples. Do you like peaches and apples? Yeah. You've got guavas, you've got oranges. And then to the northern part of South Africa, that's our more northeast, the subtropical regions, there they grow nice avocados, bananas. Uh, now I'm almost getting hungry <coughs> when I think of all of these nice things. <laughs> Same. And then in the Karoo, you know where's the Karoo? Yeah. There they produce uh, mutton or sheep, uh, lamb, uh, meat. Uh, and then um, uh, more to the, the north, uh, northwest, more cattle. And then uh, to the east of South Africa, there they grow sugarcane, right? So uh, as kids, you all love sugar. And without that uh, sugar, uh, you know, how, how will a chocolate taste like? Yeah. Uh, imagine a chocolate without sugar. Uh, no, so all of, all of these things are grown in South Africa, with the exception, obviously, of rice. So we import our rice uh, from uh, the east, the far east, because our conditions in South Africa do not allow us to produce rice. Oh, wow. So, on with the war in Ukraine, have we seen an increase at all in demand for export of our wheat and sunflower oil? Yeah, we, we produce, we do not produce enough wheat uh, and uh, sunflower to export. Uh, instead, we have imported wheat from uh, uh, the Ukraine, uh, but uh, because of the war, uh, we have now uh, looked for other markets from where we can import wheat and sunflower. And yes, we were very worried right at the start that, that there will be a shortage of wheat, because wheat is important. Without wheat, you can't, uh, won't have any bread. Uh, and uh, But... Uh, there's a nice word that we use. We talk about uh, resilience, uh, R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-C-E, -E, resilience. Wow, that's a big word. That's a big word. I'm uh, really very proud of myself. <laughs> uh, but uh, it means that uh, we have the ability to immediately uh, find other uh, uh, countries where we can import products uh, from to make up for that shortage. Yeah. When I was visiting my friend's farm in the Eastern Cape, which was actually in the Karoo in December, I saw firsthand the, the impact that the drought has had on them. What does AgriSA do to su support farmers during times or dr of droughts or floods? So what uh, AgriSA is doing, we have what we call a... A disaster management unit. So you know what is a disaster? Yeah. A disaster is when there's a big flood and it destroys all of your crops 
or there's a big outbreak of locusts and they eat up all of your crops, or there's a big fire and it destroys all of your crops. So we've got this unit and this unit goes out. We launch a big campaign and this campaign seeks to get funding from various uh, institutions and from the broader public. And uh, over the years, we've uh, spent millions of rands on buying fodder for uh, farmers that are in distress and they use that fodder to feed their cattle. And uh, in addition to that, we've also assist farmers with various other kinds of equipment. For example, fire uh, fighting equipment, uh, camera systems to ensure their safety on farms. And that's the kind of role that AgriSE plays because if we lose the farmer, we also lose uh, somebody that feeds you and me on a daily basis. Wow, that's really amazing. How does load shedding affect our farmers and what renewable energy are they putting in to reduce the impact? So yes, uh, farmers get very angry when the lights go out. Uh, <laughs> I also get very scared when the lights go out and then, uh, uh, you know, my wife uh, gives me nice sweeties to, to keep me from crying. <laughs> But um, what is important is that load shedding has an impact on irrigation systems. What does it mean, irrigation? In other words, you see in some areas those big uh, spraying uh, equipment, yeah. it runs in a circle. Uh, and if that uh, equipment comes to a standstill due to no electricity, it uh, can have a damaging uh, impact on your crops. Mm. Uh, and then in addition to that, your machines that you run on your farm, to package your fruit, uh, to keep your vegetables cold, uh, because uh, it's important that your vegetables, your fruit, uh, is kept in a cold storage facility uh, so that it uh, do not rot. So electricity has, a, uh, or the lack of it, has a very a bad impact on uh, your, your, the quality of the fruit and vegetables that lands up on the shelf in your big shops. But, what is so important is that um, um, farmers are now looking at the sun and they mm. put uh, what they call solar systems. In other words, you've seen on the roofs, yeah. uh, those big little flat little things that turns the sunlight into uh, electricity, goes into oh. a battery where it's stored and then it goes into uh, the network of uh, the home to make the lights uh, burn uh, or to make sure that your TV, your television set uh, has enough power so that you can watch your favorite program. Uh, but also they use uh, what they call generators. In other words, they have to put diesel into it. It's a machine and it goes <laughs> and when yeah. it starts to go <laughs> my dog jumps through the roof and he shouts and he bluffs and he thought, oh, what is happening now around me? <laughs> and then I said, little dog is just relaxed. Um, it's just the generator that is uh, going on or being switched on so that we can have electricity. So those are alternative means to produce electricity for the farm or for the household. Wow, that's really interesting. Besides for load shedding, what other challenges does agriculture in South Africa face today? Obviously, uh, you know, remember, agri uh, or South Africa is a very dry place. Mm. In other words, uh, every uh, couple of years we have a big drought. And uh, when you have drought, it means there's no rain. 
and when there's no rain, your plants can't grow. So uh, uh, that's one of the big challenges that we face. And then, yes, there's other challenges as well. But you know what? We are very good farmers in South Africa. I always say it's not land that produce food, but it's expertise that produce food. Uh, you cannot take me and put me in the seat of my friend next to me and run the radio show because <laughs> he's an expert, right? And that is the, what the word expert means. Uh, so the same. If I ask him now to come and uh, be a farmer, he won't be able to do it because he hasn't got the training and the experience. And that's why it's so important that we need to take care of our farmers and we must help them to overcome the many challenges that they face. And that's my job. It's AgriSA's job. And we have loads of fun whilst doing it. I agree. In ag is AgriSA seeing any trends in the packaging of our fresh fruits and veg in the hope of reducing plastic waste? Yes. Um, if you go now to many of our shops, instead of uh, the fruit being in plastics and things like that, it's lying there in the open and they've got nice Boxes. misty spray that sprays. It looks fresh. It looks appetizing. So, yes, we must reduce plastic. When you use plastic at home, don't throw it there uh, in the yard, backyard. Always make sure that you throw it in a bin so that it can go to a place where it's then turned into uh, renewable products. Because plastics uh, and and it's, it's, it's polluting rivers, it's polluting the sea. I live close to the sea and I was so upset when I see the lots of plastic little bottle tops and things like that yeah. on, on the sea f uh, in, f uh, uh, in front of me. And, and that makes me very unhappy. So as kids, uh, all of you got a big, big responsibility to make sure that we all reduce our dependence on plastic. Yes, yes. Israel's really no well known for its kibbutz system. Do you think such a system would work here in South Africa? I think what is important that in a kibbutz, everyone must have uh, one common goal. Yeah. In other words, how do we use the land there, the water, for the benefit of the community? And yes, if you produce a surplus, a surplus means I only need one potato per day. But then I produce five potatoes. Yeah. So that means uh, I produce more than I need. That's a surplus. So those four potatoes then I give to you and my friend and other people or I sell it uh, so that I make a bit of money and put that money back into my farm. And, and here in South Africa, we've got uh, similar models. In other words, we've got what we call communal property associations, oh, that's a big word. Uh, <laughs> in other words, where people uh, received land from government and uh, these people must now work together to uh, make sure that that land produced food for them and for uh, um, other people out there. Uh, but it can only work if people are committed, if they uh, have a love for the land, because remember, a farmer, you can only be a farmer if you really love what you do. It's like a doctor. You cannot be a doctor if you uh, hurt people. Yeah. A doctor is there to make Help. people healthy. Uh, so you must love what you do. And sometimes um, people live on that land, but they don't really love what they do. And then what happens? 
there's no food production, uh, the people go hungry, and people start fighting amongst each other, so that's not good. And I think uh, it's important that uh, as some of the kibbutz operate in Israel, that uh, we learn from best practices, uh, and that we share those best practices in the interest of the community uh, that live on that land. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. With method. With massive increases in fuel costs, we've obviously seen a huge jump in food prices, mostly due to the cost of transporting the goods. How can we encourage localised buying of goods? Sure, you ask difficult questions. (laughs) But let me explain. Yes, we import a lot of our uh, oil from uh, various countries throughout the world. And as you know, that oil is then turned into diesel and petrol. But because of the war, because of all kinds of things that happen out there, um, there's, um, uh, um, um, there's, I mean, this, uh, the need for those products uh, have not changed. But the supply has dwindled. Dwindled means it became less. Okay. And that is pushing up the price. It's a basic economic law. Uh, supply and demand. Uh, now, what can South Africa do? Remember, South Africa uh, has a lot of resources that mm-hmm. we can utilize. We can uh, produce our own fertilizer. We can also produce more uh, petroleum, diesel or petrol from coal. Uh, so all of these options are there uh, to become less uh, dependent on uh, importing from the rest of the world. But it only makes sense to import if you can buy it for a cheaper price from another country. So, uh, yes, it worries us. Uh, It's something that I don't think you must worry about. You're still kids. Uh, I never worried when I was a kid. I only start to worry now that I'm uh, almost, uh, you know, 60 years of age um, because there's lots of things that I need to take care of. But uh, I think you're right. South Africa must we become more self-reliant because we've got the people that can help us to become that. Wow. Is agriculture in South Africa growing or are we seeing a decline? Importance of, of growing our own fruit and veggies. No, South Africa's agriculture is growing by leaps and bounds. In other words, we export a lot of things to uh, other parts of the world, We've seen huge growth in oranges. Now, you like orange, yeah. uh, oranges, and you like uh, you know, apples and pears. So our farmers have done quite well over the years to grow their orchards and to export to the rest of the world. And we are very blessed in that way. And the same with vegetables, the same with meat. Uh, we, we still are very fortunate in that we have all of those things in South Africa. Uh, and if you just go out on the street today, you will see people have nice big fat cheeks and uh, because um, they are well fed. And that's what we always have to uh, strive for, that everyone in South Africa have enough food to eat. And not only food to eat, but also healthy food and affordable food. And that's the purpose of the agriculture sector, to make sure that we achieve uh, those uh, ideals. I see. So I keep hearing everyone talking about food security. 
Why is it important to grow our own fruit and vegetables? Yes, you know, uh, it's another big word, food security. Uh, in other words, um, you must make sure, uh, and us as a farming sector, the farmer that we produce food every day uh, of the year and that we have enough food for all of our people, as I've said earlier, if uh, there's a big demand for food and there's a little supply of food, then food becomes very expensive. But you don't always have to rely on uh, uh, big farmers that supply to the markets. You can start your own vegetable garden uh, in your backyard. Uh, plant your own uh, fruit trees there. Uh, just make sure uh, the fruit trees will survive and that is the right soil type and the right weather conditions or climatic conditions. And then at the same time, uh, uh, produce uh, nice vegetables uh, for mom and dad. Uh, pumpkin, uh, you can grow in the backyard. A little bit of potatoes, a little bit of tomatoes. Uh, so I challenge every kid out there to go to the shop, buy a packet of seed and learn how to make your own home garden. I totally agree. So on that note, let's take a quick song break and we will be right back. Do you really think I can be happy? Of course! It's inside you. It's inside of all of us. And I don't think it. I feel it. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric wavy when I turn it on. And if you want it inside your soul, just open up your heart, let music take control. I got that sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off it, moving so phenomenally. The room unlocked the way we rock it, so don't stop. Under the lights when everything goes Nowhere to hide when I'm getting you close When we move, well, you already know So just imagine By kids, for kids, by kids. They are the High Kids. Your host today is Micah. That song was Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls. This is High Kids, for kids, by kids. My name is Mika and I am 10 years old. We have three messages and 
And they're from Leora, who says the question to um, the answer to Christo's question, she thinks it's storks? Yes, it's a stork. She's very clever. (laughs) Okay. Our second question is a shout out to me from Nakia, all the way from Renana. And the third question is from Warren. Um, he's from Rowan. He just says, well done to me. Okay, so we're going to move on to our cool fun facts. Okay. Our cool fun facts are about farming. Did you know there are three main different types of farming? Arable, pastoral and mixed. Arable farms are those which produce crops, example, wheat or vegetables. Pastoral farms are those where animals are raised for meat, wool or dairy products. And mixed farming is, as the name suggests, a combination farm which grows crops as well as keeps animals. Now those are cool facts. If you have your own fun facts about farming, you can send them on our SMS line on 34519 or telegram to 061-895-1019. Let's take a quick song. Let's take a quick song. When we return, I'll count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds. You can call me now on 010140 
Rich people, poor people all got dreams. Dreams do come true in New Orleans. Hi, kids. For kids, by kids. They are the high kids. Your host today is Micah. That song was "Down in New Orleans" from Princess and the Frog. This is high kids for kids by kids. My name is Mika and I am ten years old. Are you ready for the tongue twister? This is how it works. You can call us on o one o one four o three o. And I will count how many times you can say the tongue, tongue twister in 10 seconds. You can call me on 010-140-3020 to see if you can say the tongue twister faster than me. Wussy, please start the timer. Peter Papa picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Papa picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Papa picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Papa picked a peck of pickled <laughs> Do we have any callers for the tongue twister? Okay, we do. Hi, who is this? Hello, my name is Lieber Slato. Okay, are you ready to start? Yes. Wussy, please start the timer. Peter Papa picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Papa picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Papa picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Papa, Papa picked a peck of pickled peppers. <laughs> Does Christo van der Reda want to do it? Hey, let me try. Peter Papa well done. On that note, let's go, go to a song break. Song was Hawaiian roller coaster from Lilo and Stitch. This is Ha Kids for Kids Bar Kids. My name is Mika and I am 10 years old. Well done for trying the tongue twister. 
This has, this has been High Kids, Four Kids, By Kids. My name is Mika and I'm 10 years old. Thank you to my guest, Christo Fandireda, for coming on my show. My producer, Senna and Vusi, for pushing the big red buttons. Join us again on Monday with another High Kids show, only on 101.9 High FM. That was High Kids, Four Kids, Bye Kids!